0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hello, you are listening to Josh Films and That. I am your host for this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by the wonderful Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you doing? Oh, always
2: good when you call me wonderful. I'm very well, thank you. How about yourself?
1: (laughs) Yes, I'm good, thank you. This is, of course, the podcast where we're going to talk about a film, aren't we, Alice? We're going to talk about an underrated film,
2: an Mm -hmm. underseen
1: film. There are categories. That's the two main ones. Uh, There's (laughs) other ones as well. But uh, yes, I am very well. I'm very excited because we're joined by another guest, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Very exciting. Um, He is a filmmaker, amongst other things, Warren. Warren Dudley, welcome to the podcast. How are you, sir? very well guys
3: thank you very much for having me
1: it's uh, it's absolute pleasure it's an absolute pleasure so um if you haven't listened to it before one we always start with a completely random question i'll go to alice first it's quite a simple one this week i put it out on twitter for some questions and okay. my favorite one was a little question from ian davis that just said alice what's your favorite pot noodle
2: oh sweet and sour easy what? they do easy. a sweet sweet pot noodle sweet and sour Pot noodle. Yeah, the blue one. The light blue one. Sweet and sour Is that pot what noodle. the flavour that is? Oh, yeah. It's the only one I ate. It's the only one I ate. It's the best one. It's the only one <laughs> that's worth your money. I'm telling you, don't be wasting your money on none of this chicken, curry, and the Bombay, <laughs> one that's far too hot. Now, nah, sweet and sour is where it's at. It's delicious. It's perfect. They nailed it. I've
1: never had that one.
2: It's the only one. It's the only one for me. Literally the only one. Like, I ate, I ate my first one when I was a teenager and I, and I was such a health nut when I was a teenager. And one day I was like, oh, you know what? I fancy something dead naughty, a pot noodle. So I went <laughs> and I got the sweet and sour one. Best thing I've ever eaten in my life. So that's, so that's the blue one? <laughs> the light blue one. So it's right. light blue, okay? Not just... Because right. the, there's two. There's a dark blue one and a light blue one. Write it's this down, guys. One.
1: Write it down. It's the light <laughs> blue one. All right? What about you, Josh? Your so, pot
2: noodle <laughs> concert?
1: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not particularly hot noodle connoisseur. Um, obviously, you've got the classic chicken and mushroom. Nah. And the beef, is it beef and tomato, the red one? <laughs> Who knows? You it's know the not best like one? blue, I'm not looking at it. <laughs> the best one for me was... I think it was the 2014 World Cup. They brought out like a Brazilian beef or something like that. Oh, interesting. That yeah. was really good. That one was mm. really good. But I'm not a particular connoisseur. But yeah, if I had to, it's Brazilian beef from 2014. So we've got... We've got but not a connoisseur. Not a connoisseur, but, but here's Listen, the year. Of all the ones I've tried, this specific year and type... Stays, <laughs> stays with you, done it. A good the, pot noodle. A Ooh. vintage pot noodle from 2014, mm. Brazilian beef. Probably can't get them anymore. It's like Golden Fruit. Grahams. I've tried. Alice, I've tried. You know I've tried. And I Come on! Pay... If you're
2: willing to pay eighty pound on eBay, you'll get them. Come on, Josh, try harder.
1: <laughs> uh, what about you, Warren? Do you like a pot noodle? <laughs> oh, I, I am a connoisseur. As you say, <laughs> 2014
3: was a good year. It was
1: well, no, an, I, e- an excellent year.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go for the Bombay bad boy. I'm afraid. Ooh. I've kind of did the curry one, and that the curry was my gateway pot noodle. <laughs> and then uh, I've ended up at uh, the Bombay one, which is so hot. But it's, it's hot. Uh, I do eat too many pot noodles probably, but uh, oh. the key to a pot noodle, right, here it is, is to put the water in, but the boiling hot water, but leave it for ages, leave it for 25 minutes. Longer. 25 oh, minutes. Just, then it's yeah. so delicious. A pot noodle is just fantastic after that amount Sat- of time. A
1: saturated so, yeah. noodle. Yeah, I get exactly. I so I, totally I come with that. pot
3: noodle uh who have, <laughs> have
2: you ever have you ever grabbed a block of cheese and chopped it into tiny little blocks and put that in
1: there? I've done what?
3: that. What? Oh no. and You've got melted cheese in your noodles. I'm never averse to putting cheese on anything. So, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, hot noodles it. is a new one though.
1: see are you all right? What's I'm good, that? man. I'm good. What's
2: Listen, what, about once a year, when I really want to treat myself, when I think, "Oh, you know, I've done well this week on my salads and going the gym and all that," I'll have a pot noodle, slice up some cheese, whack it in. Ooh, melty cheese! I've never with pot thought noodle. about
1: that. Oh, I neither. think about I've putting never. cheese on everything. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> my my favorite can... part about that little interchange there with Warren was weird. my tip with the pot noodles. Anyway, is two. And I thought he just went. My favorite tip for the pot noodles is two. Um, (laughs) so anyway there you go write in tweet us what is your favourite pot noodle we'd love to hear from it we've got do you agree with our pot noodle opinions we've got light blue with cheese Bound by bad mm, boy, mm. and one that they don't get any more that I chose from 2014. So, <laughs> anyway, let's move on to talking about this week's film, which is The Disaster Artist from, I think, 2017. So, spoiler warners if you've not seen it. Now, Warren, you chose this one. Uh, you had a couple of choices in mind, but you settled on this one in the end. Oh, I did. Um, so, what's it about, and why did you pick it? Is it underrated? Is it underseen? First of all, tell us what it's about, and then let's see well, why you picked it. It's
3: about a man of... <sighs> Indeterminate age and accent, who <laughs> comes to America, who knows when, and to set out to be an actor and ends up funding his own movie, uh, which goes on to become famously one of the worst films ever made. And uh, it's basically his story uh, through the eyes of James Franco, who plays him <laughs> in the film. But uh, so it's with regards to it being underseen, it's a bit of a cheat, really, because I think the original film probably is underseen. <laughs> Well, yeah. Although maybe, maybe, not maybe, not so
1: not, m- maybe not anymore. I mean, it's, well, pretty, <laughs> it's got quite the cult following. Yeah. So if you don't know, it's based on the making of a real film called The Room, which was then yes. the, the the chap who was in, one of the chaps who was in the film, Gregor Sestero, went on and wrote a book about his experiences, which they then turned into this film with James Franco and his brother and Seth Rogen and stuff. So, yeah. So, so that's what it's about. It's based on that true story. So why, why did you pick this one? Is it, is it underrated?
3: Well, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a... I'm, I'm uh, being a bit cheeky, I suppose, because I've got two films to look at here, and we've got The, the Room and The Disaster Artist yeah, in a way. But yeah. I don't know if it's underrated. I think it was uh, fairly well-received, but a lot of people haven't seen it still, I think. Mm. Uh, when I've sort of chatted about it, people have been sort of none the wiser a lot of the time, and I think it's a shame because it's incredibly funny. Mm. The, the story, his story, and the, the character, well, the character, the man, Tommy Waizu, is one of a kind. An incredible character, mm. and uh, no, I would uh, highly recommend it if you haven't seen it.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, you're, obviously, you're a filmmaker. Warren, do you relate to any
3: of the stories? Well, the... yes, that's kind of what, <laughs> another reason I chose it. Really, is because obviously I can sort of see a lot of what he's trying to do, and mm. what mm. the most staggering
1: thing is the amount of money he spent on it, and where Which that has, and where that money I came know. from. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> So, uh, I mean, for example, there's a bit in it where he refuses to give everyone on the set any water. I take it you've never done that one before, Warren. <laughs> I've not done that. No, exactly. No, that, that is true. It's, just, it's one of the uh,
3: <laughs> the very few rules. Is just keep your cast basic... and crew fed and watered. A basic yeah. human right. It is. Yeah. It's
1: water. <laughs> um, so, Alice, I, th- I think you might have let on that you'd seen this one before, but I can't remember. Had you seen this one before?
2: Uh, yes, I had seen this. I saw it when it came out. I was very excited about it coming out. So I am, uh, I am a fan of the room yep. uh, for my own reasons, for various reasons as a as an observational sort of almost documentary like piece of cinema, right? Mm. Um, so I was excited when this was coming out and. Uh, when I saw it, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. I thought mm. it was written really well. I thought the performances were really good. So uh, there was a little bit of me that was like, whoa, when I go back to it to watch it with this critical eye, what am I going to see? Am mm. I going to see the same things? Am I going to feel the same way? And I certainly think that on that second viewing, after you've already seen it, of course, it does have less impact, mm. but it is still a very, very good film. And I, I, Perhaps thought it was maybe a bit funnier in places the second time round, but I think the overall impact was slightly less. Uh, but yeah, really enjoyed watching it. Really enjoyed uh, making notes on it and, and looking at it at that level. Um, what about you, Josh? I I don't yeah. even know if
1: you've seen this. So actually. yeah, no, no, similar to you. I am. A, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a fan of the room. I became aware of the room. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it's got that cult like status for the reason that Warren said, which is it was. It was up there and considered to be one of the worst films ever made. Now, from, from my recollection, I don't know if either of you guys will be able to correct me, that cult following didn't come about straight away because I remember starting to hear about this film and seeing YouTube clips of it and all the clips that we've seen, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh, hi, Mark. Or, you know, all the things that we've seen that are in this, the Disaster Artist as well. Probably about 10 years after it's made, maybe eight years after it's made because I must have been at university. And I think it was so. Yeah, maybe maybe twenty ten something like that. So I became aware of the room, and again, like you, Alice, when I found out they were making the Disaster Artist, I was really excited because of the mm. the nature of what I knew about the film and the fact that it became a bit of a running joke. So I had seen this before I'd only seen it once before. I didn't see it at the cinema. I think it, I think I saw it when it first came out on streaming or DVD or whatever it would have been at, at the time. So, so yeah, so I was also interested to go back with it with, with a critical eye. So let's get stuck into it then, Warren. Obviously, you'd seen it before. So what, what do you like about the film, Warren? What, what, what is it you particularly like about the film, apart from the fact that it's just funny?
3: Well, as you said earlier, it's kind of... Uh, the filmmaking side of it is really funny because there's so much you can see uh, just on a film set that uh, that he's doing... <sighs> It's just so sweet. It's so sweet that he wants to do what he's doing. But uh, uh, oh, what I like about it—wow, it's just—it's uh, that like, it's him, isn't it? You can't—it you can't get past with the disaster artist Tommy Wiseau. You can't, mm. if you don't like or find him fascinating, then the film's not going to work, is it? No. But he is just such an incredible character, like has, has dropped down from another planet. Mm. And I just love him and. <laughs> Again, this st- this journey he's been on from what he wanted to make and what he's ended up making is interesting. Again, because, in, like, like you say, when you watch it a second time round and you now know a bit more about him, I've seen him on American chat shows. I've seen him, you know, talking a lot about that about the room, you know, pretending he made it to uh, <laughs> <some> comedy. <laughs> Bless him, but. You know, on the second watch, I think I agree. I agree, actually, is that I laughed more the second time around mm. it, than the first time. The first time I found it quite sort of touching, but the second time I just laughed a lot more,
1: it, it, I think. It is interesting, isn't it? Because I'm pretty sure he still maintains now that he intended to make it as a comedy. Like, that, he, that the reason it was bad is because... It, it was bad on purpose. Um, I, I think that could, that carries with it its own sort of issues and points, which, will, which we'll get on to in a little while. But what about you, Alice? So you mentioned a little bit there. So what did you like about it when you watched it again?
2: So the two main things that I felt impressed by with the film is the comedy. And so mm. everything involved with that, so the performances, the script, etc. Um, and the way in which they've been able to tell a story that is based on true events, right? So the pacing of it, making sure the audience are getting all the information they need without these huge exposition dumps, or like lines and lines of information, but ultimately uninteresting dialogue. So I think the way in which the film unfolds from a storytelling point of view is very strong, And each plot point and line of action seem to flow well into one another. And just to mention one moment or one point is that, so I I don't think, and do correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I don't think at any point during the film it's explicitly said that Tommy doesn't drink alcohol, right? But... For the first few scenes where we see him socializing, he's drinking cans of Red Bull, mm. and then later on when he's in a nightclub, he's drinking what looks like from a mug, right? So it mm. looks like he's drinking a cup of tea in this nightclub. Um, so obviously, you infer from that that you know you you look at the meaning. It's like oh, he doesn't drink. Why doesn't he? Do- why doesn't he drink? You know what happened there, sort of thing. But and I do believe that's accurate. Warren, you may know better than me, but I'm pretty sure they never explicitly say, like he doesn't say, oh, yeah, Tommy doesn't drink, or, oh, yeah, I don't drink, or whatever. And it is just no, inferred no, it's, through it's these It's not
3: mentioned, moments. is it? I'll, I'll, so I watched it this afternoon, mm. and it's not oh, mentioned. There go. Uh, it's, uh, no, that, but you're right. You're right, it's the Red Bull he drinks, isn't it, all the time.
1: Seems to be his uh, tipple. <laughs> mm. So it's been re- does anyone know if he drinks in real life?
3: I'm not, I'm not sure. No. I don't know. He, again, I saw him. I just watched the interview earlier. He was on Seth uh, Meyers' show in America. Yeah, and he, he could have been drunk, but then he might just be uh, Tommy. <laughs> it's, he's such a yeah. I mean, he's
1: he's such a strange guy, and I think the, the the mystery around him is obviously one of the things that lures people into the room and to this as well, because it's you know, how old is he? Where does he come from? How does he have all this money? it's it's all that sort of stuff there's a, there's a real mystery and whether he's cultivated that on purpose or whether he's just quite odd it, i don't, i mean it never answers that question it's hard to know um i mean so so what else i what did you think of the performances in it what do you think of that sort of side of things
2: Yeah, so I thought pretty much the performances across the board were really, really good. The cast was brilliant. You've got such a good supporting cast in there. So Megan Mullally, who I do Mm. want to touch on, who um, she's just brilliant, isn't she? Just seeing her on screen, she always delivers. Um, And it's like Tommy's sort of vision of her is kind of like the evil mum who won't let her son play out with Tommy or move in with Tommy and all this. But like she is asking perfectly rational questions, right? Like, of a 19-year-old son. It's like, oh, you've you've known a guy for maybe a couple of days, now you're going to go move in with him in a different city? Gosh, this seems odd, sort of thing. (laughs) And Tommy's just like, ah, chill out, whatever, but... It's it's such a crazy situation that she's in. It's like, she's got to, ses- uh, like, suss him out, is not she? So she comes out to the car mm. and she's, like, looking him up and down and she's, like, trying to figure out... How what old are the you? <laughs> well, what the heck is this guy about? Like, who is this guy who wants to suddenly live with my son? Who I've never heard of before. It's not like one of his childhood friends or something. And she's like, oh, yeah, that guy, that's cool. Like, it's, t- it's totally bonkers. But, yeah, t- performances, I think, compl- like, they w- there were no bad ones as far as no. I'm concerned or at least not any that I noticed what about you Josh? Well,
1: it's like you say it's got a great cast in it because obviously you've got James Franco and, and his brother Dave who were the, the two leads you've got Seth Rogen in there but also you've got a really good supporting cast in there as well because you've got Seth Rogen playing Sandy you've got Zach Efron in like two scenes Zach playing Efron, yes. playing, <laughs> playing Chris R you've got Josh Hutcherson who plays um I can't remember the character's name, the, the little sort of teenage boy who lives, who seems to live with them in the room. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Crazy. So you've got a really good Harry Grainer as well, I think is really good in this as Lisa. Spotty, like I spotted uh, Bob, Oden, Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk's yeah. in there. As the, it's yeah. like a Stanislavskian teacher, isn't yeah. he? Oh, and Brian Cranston's in there as well, yes, but he's, he's
2: in, as, as, himself, as himself, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, Alison Bree, Alison Bree's in it uh, as. um. Yeah. As Greg's girlfriend. But yeah, I mean, Shouldapatow, like there's loads Jude Apatow of one. was in there. I forgot about that one yeah, as well. Yeah. Good. So then, yeah. I mean, so, so, I mean, the lead performance is obviously James Franklin, who plays Tommy. And he, he does, there's clearly a lot of effort gone into playing. He, he's not doing, you know, he's not doing an SNL sketch. He's not doing an impression. He is, yeah. I do think he is pretty good in this as, as Tommy. I think he's pretty believable. Obviously, makeup and hair and all that goes a long way to helping him, but he does he does little things in there there are certain bits where i think he overdoes it but you know for example tommy has that laugh doesn't it? it's like (laughs) like that sort of thing and james franco does it a bit too much but when he first does it you are like that is that is tommy and and it's hard to know isn't it is it because he's sort of doing an impression of tommy as johnny in the room
3: because
1: does anyone really know what tommy wiseau is like no, I don't think so. It's it's like nope. it's like someone playing someone who no one actually knows. It's like Daniel Day-Lewis playing Lincoln. Well, no one knows what he sounded like. So yeah. is mm-hmm. is is his accent right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's based on the X Y and Z. So hopefully, or or Tom Hardy playing Charles Bronson. It's like well, he somehow seems to have recordings of his voice, to do his voice. But is that what he's like? You can't actually. I suppose you can't corroborate the accuracy. Is is the, is the point, isn't it? So no, yeah. I do. I think James Franco's performance is really good. Dave Franco is obviously less melodramatic in his performance, but is very much the... Like you say, he's the... You've seen a lot of the film through his eyes. You've been taken on the journey and Tommy's journey with with his character. And I think he's really good in it. So, and the fact that they're brothers as well is quite... Uh, that must be quite an odd experience as a parent.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, like, yes, like, like, yeah. That's true. Watching your two sons play two real-life people... Yeah. <laughs> I did I did
3: notice to something uh, watching this afternoon that he has got one of the worst stick on beards. Oh, yeah, that's pretty in, bad. Uh, the beard's pretty bad. In film history, I reckon. That was poor. I looked at that and thought, God, that's uh, obviously you couldn't grow it quick enough. <laughs> but then obviously. So, they, they, so they've gone with makeup, but uh, yeah, not great.
1: But But, uh, that was quite funny. But then with a film like this, you could just say that's a tribute to The Room. Absolutely (laughs) right. Absolutely. That's what I I was thinking. It is a a, a pretty bad theater as well. So I think something (laughs) that I, I, I liked about it as well is obviously it's got some really interesting stuff to say about a bit like The Room in terms of it's quite an interesting i think exploration of things like ambition and blind faith and a little bit the lore of the american dream if we're going to get deep into it you know the idea of that's what he wants is like so i've i've read things a little bit about tommy Wiseau, which is i think as he's got older he's been a bit more willing to share the odd bit of information like i think it's mm. now confirmed that he is i think he's polish or something like he's not from he's not american is he um, <laughs> new orleans yeah <laughs> But but that he, he people say where are you from and he'd say things like I'm as I'm an, as American as apple pie. And it's, well, you're not, are you? Like, <laughs> like that sort of thing. But I thought that was really interesting. The the, the biggest thing that I noticed second time round. You're right. What you both said is right. I I laughed a little bit more as well. But what I didn't notice the second time round, because the first time you watch a film, you're obviously just looking at the plot and following it. And because you're following it, you don't necessarily always notice the, the little details. But when I watched it this time round, the effort that goes into recreating the room oh, yeah. is immense. Mm-hmm. Like if there was an Oscar for that, this film yeah. would have won it. And there isn't an Oscar for best recreation of another film. <laughs> but they even show it at the end side by side and it's so it's spot on. So it must've been quite painstaking the effort. I mean, I've never, apart from the odd, stupid little sketch and stuff, I've never made a full length film. My brother's done a a bit. And obviously my partner's done a bit as well. How difficult would that be Warren to make as a filmmaker, to make another film and, and recreate it? How difficult would it be?
3: Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, you have got the film to look at. Mm. So you are only you're looking at, you know, a sixteen by nine image mm. and you've got to basically go and buy that pot plant, that window frame, that so you creating it, I imagine, once you've got, you know, in front of you what you need to recreate, I wouldn't have thought it's it's just like you say, painstaking. Mm. Not difficult, I wouldn't have thought, just painstaking and the camera moves and the direction's mm. gotta be exactly the same. But you're right. Those scenes at the end, really good. Mm. You watch them together, and you know, one of my favorite little bits in it, it's one of the famous bits, isn't it? When he goes into the shop and buys the flowers, mm. <laughs> it's just uh, what I, love, what I love about that in the original room, it, so much of the original room is ADR'd, so there's it's not the original dialogue, mm. so there's just it's been dialogue recorded back over the, the <laughs> uh, the dialogue, and it's so bad in the room, some of it, some of the ADR. It's hilarious but uh, and that scene is particularly neither of the actors are speaking you can tell they're not speaking live it's all been done afterwards
1: i suppose do, do either of you <laughs> believe that the room is a comedy
3: no oh no oh, <laughs> of i wonder not. if no, any, no. i
1: wonder if anyone does i wonder if anyone actually is like no this is a really subversive well crafted comedy that's wrapped up in an, the enigma of being a shit film Oh no! Because there, no, there are no jokes, are there? No, well, that's <laughs> it, isn't it? The, and it's so, not—it's fu- not funny. There's no setups. <laughs> there's
3: no setups and punchlines, is there? No. No, exactly. It's not—it's not funny for that reason, is it? It's just—it's uh, just really, again, it, without him and his performance, it's just if a really sort of poor, you know, Sunday afternoon indie movie type affair, isn't it? Mm. But his performance is so ludicrous and over the top that it—that's what's sort of thrust into the, uh, you know the sort of pantheon of mm. world's worst films, isn't it? Because if he if had just been a sort of an average performance from a leading man, the film's nothing, is it? It's mm. just boring. But because he's so hilarious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll ask you this then. I'll ask you first, Alice. Is The Room the worst film you've ever seen?
0: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve
3: today. I, that's
2: this mm. is this is hard to quantify, right? It is, because it is difficult. How how are we how are we judging that? You know, mm. is it is it te- is it technically, you know, so unorthodox that it doesn't actually create a super pleasant viewing experience? Maybe technically, but If you look at the legacy of it, Mm. the conversations it starts, the feeling I have when I watch it, the feeling I have when I talk about it, I can't say that it is the worst film because there are some films that have made me feel nothing. Yeah. And surely they're the
1: worst films ever made. The ones (laughs) where I'm just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Because that's that's an interesting point. I mean, if you're going to, I think if you're going to get into like technically and all that. So for me, I suppose what I was thinking was about you was... your reaction as an audience member, plain and simple, because all the technical, there's plenty of films that have got loads of technical expertise in them where I've come away and been like, meh. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's plenty of those sorts of films, you know, 200, 300 million dollar films that you've come away and gone, whatever. Yeah. Um, so
2: different. So, i different
1: to you, film. Yeah. And that's almost <laughs> the worst experience. I imagine as a filmmaker, yeah the worst experience you want is nothing. At least if someone doesn't like it, they had a oh, reaction. Definitely, yeah. I was going to say, Warren, what would you say to that?
3: Yeah. Oh, certainly. You know, it's, uh, I've, had, I've, I've made a film called Cage mm. uh, about four or five years ago. And uh, my God, the reviews of that are up and down. Right. You know, some utter hate online for it, but also you know, people, some people love it. Mm. But I'd much rather that. I'd much rather, you know, the worst thing you can is people saying, yeah, it was all right, that. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's all right. That's just, you think all that time I've spent on that, I'd just, much rather yeah. you said you hated it in a way that, and if as many people say they love it, indifference is the worst thing for a filmmaker because that's just, it seems like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. If you're, all you're getting is indifference. No, it's yeah, just, there's nowhere you know, to go you, from that. No, exactly. And if people just go, "Yeah, it was all right," Mm. then you think, "Oh." oh." But at least, yeah,
1: at least this way you've got a reaction, I suppose. So, what, what about you, Warren? Is this is the room the worst film you've ever seen? Uh,
3: Same thing. I don't think. Oh, say it's an impossible question to answer because, Mm. on what basis? Technically rubbish, isn't it? It's technically poorly directed, poorly acted. The script's terrible. But like you say, I've seen. Films we've sat down and got forty-five minutes into, and just thought this is terrible, yeah. boring. I've i switched
1: films. I've got to the stage now where I'll switch a film off if it hasn't grabbed me in an hour.
3: Yeah, well, a lot of the time now yeah. with with streaming and and all that stuff is an hour. If you get an hour out of someone, you've done very well. You have to get yeah. them quick. Yeah, you do. You know, you do. if if you're making indie movies, you've got to get them quick because yeah. if you can't expect to have half an hour to. Slowly engage an audience.
1: <laughs> in fact, I think there's, got... I think there's two films by the same team. You know, in terms of that that group of comedians behind this, that I yeah. have switched off within about half an hour, forty five minutes. I definitely switched off Sausage Party. Oh, yes, I didn't yeah, think it was it, it, that it's... bad? You know, I, I just couldn't get into it. I just... (laughs) But sometimes it depends what mood you're in, I think.
2: Yeah, definitely. I
1: wouldn't... And I'd never... If someone could convince me, there's been plenty of times when, like, you've picked a film on this podcast and, and I've had to watch it because I have to watch it for this. And you've turned me round, or gone yeah. But did you think about this? And I've gone yeah. Well, yeah, I get that. Not Greece too, Alice. But that's that's fine. Yeah, that's whatever. Fine.
2: You keep telling yourself that, Josh. <laughs> I know. I know what your heart wants. More Michelle. Um,
1: I try to think the other one. Oh, the interview, which is also Seth Rogen and James Franco. The mm. one that, that almost started World War Three. <laughs> Remember that one? You're the one I mean. Mm-hmm. yes yeah um, so, I think
3: we I think we sat through that that whole. I've got a bit of a vested interest in in these films we're talking about because my wife has got an enormous crush on james Franco ah so, so uh, <laughs> I know so that is a that's a bit of a problem with turning those films off
1: <laughs> <laughs> um okay so so what what else what else did you like about it, Warren? Is there anything else that particularly stands out for you, or have we sort of covered everything there <sighs> uh
3: well again I just
1: I, again, it's a bit of a boring filmmaker
3: thing, but I just think of the $6 million. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, the amount of money I, I spend on my stuff, and you think, $6 million? And that's when you look at it on screen and think, where? where's, that? Where does $6 million go there? Because it's all, it's all tight green screen sets. Yeah. So there's nothing, there's no big, expansive cinema happening, is there? No. But if you've got a bunch of people, who I imagine he did, who are just, out to fleece him, mm. which is a bit sad, really. I imagine it during the room he got fleeced by a lot of people who were uh, yeah. just out for the cash. And, of course, why not? They're probably thinking, you know, I mean, again, going back to uh, when you adapt a book, I'd be really interested to know how much of it, is true. Mm. I'd be interested to know, but also don't care because it would take away from the film a little bit, I think. Because I bet you'll find a lot of those things didn't happen.
1: Mm. Well, I know, oh, yeah. I know that they... they um, Dramatised
2: for your pleasure, Exactly, of yeah. Because
3: yeah. you have to do that with, with an adaptation. You have to add in lots of stuff. Like the bit about, which I loved, when he said... Uh, uh, no, no, we don't rent, we're going to buy the equipment. <laughs> yeah, and then they, he said, are you shooting HD or 35mm, both?
1: <laughs> and they
3: put both cameras next to each other. I thought, did that happen? It's, I hope yeah. it did.
1: <laughs> well, I know, I know, it's funny you talk about the adaptation of the book, I know that the ending is falsified, as in on purpose, they like actively came out and said that, because at the end, they all cheer and laugh, don't they, yes. when he shows the film, but I know in real life, people who were actually there said it was more of a they didn't know what to make of it. So there was like awkward laughter and Mm. silence and that sort of thing. But they changed the end to reflect the reaction of people in cinema screenings now because obviously they still tour with the film. They still put it on in places like independent cinemas like the Prince Charles in London and other ones up and down, all over the Mm. world. And I know that both Greg and and Tommy, they they tour with it, don't they? And they'll do Q&As and they'll meet people and they'll watch it. To the point where it's become a little bit, I believe, I've not seen it myself, but it's become a little bit something like akin to something like the Rocky Horror Show, which is where you can go in mm-hmm. with a script and you can shout back at it and you might throw stuff about. Or, you know, it's an ex- it's become an yeah. experience like secret cinema yeah. rather than just a, a film that, everyone, that people think is rubbish. Yeah. So I think the fact that they changed the end, I mean, it's not a problem. I think it, it completely makes sense. That, um, but yeah, they like say they definitely must have altered some stuff. I mean, I don't know, were they quite... Because it's I think the book's written by Greg Sestero, isn't it? Is is it really? Yes, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. are they quite kind to Tommy? Like in terms of like, because it alludes slightly to him at points being a bit difficult, like with the bit that we talked about before, with the water and the air conditioning and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But it never, it never paints that out as being malicious. It paints that out as not knowing what he's doing.
3: Yes, so there is a difference there, isn't there? But yeah. they did. It was a sixty-day shoot, so you can't imagine it was all plain sailing with him, can you? You can imagine it was
1: pretty hard. And that's quite long, work. isn't it? Sixty days 60, is quite long for yeah, a film
3: of so, yeah, this guy. Is for, for an indie, yeah. yeah. Sixty days is uh, yeah, crazy. I was just going back to the uh the premiere night they had, there is uh there are fewer more awful evenings than a premiere of a film you've spent 18 months on. Honestly, mm. it's the most nerve-wracking awful evening because mm. you sit there and you just think, oh, I've spent so much time, every waking hour on this thing for the last 18 months and you can feel a room. Mm. I mean, you can feel it in there. It's a, such a strange feeling. And then you sit there about 40 minutes in, and you're desperately hoping you don't see the backs of mobile phones. Oh, yeah. Sort of think, if people start getting on their phones now, then, uh, yes, I can, I can vouch for those evenings. <laughs> uh, not, look, I haven't had too many bad experiences, luckily, but it is, uh, it's so nerve-wracking. God. <laughs>
1: Okay, then. So we've covered all the likes there. We'll move on to things that we perhaps didn't like about the film or that we would change about the film. I'm not sure there's going to be loads here, but I'll come to you first, Alice. How did you feel? Because I know you quite you quite liked the film, right? So so going mm-hmm. back and seeing it again, did it live up to the first time viewing? Was it just different? Is there things you didn't like? What would you, What didn't you like? Is there anything?
2: So there were three things that I've made note of. First off is the shaky cam was too much. It was too much shaky cam. It was too shaky. It was, it was, I felt seasick watching it. You know, the, you know, the scene in, uh, the iconic scene in Speed 2, uh, when the boat is, you know, crashing into the harbour and stuff, and then it's all a proper shaky cam in there because the boat's crashing. Well, it felt like that, and and I don't want it to feel like that. Um, So I could have done with a bit less of that. Um, script wise there were a few moments between tommy and greg that were particularly cheesy mm. um and sort of really stood out as being like quite whoa like dump the sugar on that sort of thing and i don't hate that but i wonder if there were perhaps more sophisticated ways of getting that across like you you they want obviously to showcase their relationship and their feelings for each other um and I feel like there would, there could have been better ways of doing that, whether through showing us certain actions or, or just, other, you know, some tweaks to the script. Um, and then just finally, I do wonder if it is isolating if you haven't seen the room. Mm. Like, surely this doesn't mean anything to you. Are you going to be entertained? I don't know. Uh, so I wonder if, in that, it does lose a big chunk of its potential audience mm, that, because people haven't seen the room, so they're not interested.
1: That so that was probably my main point. Was if you didn't know the room and the cult, the cult nature of it, and and some of the backstory, would you watch this and think, what am I supposed to make of it? What am I supposed to make of mm-hmm. him? What am I supposed to make of the the plot as a whole? So I I completely agree with that. I think for, for me, because it's based on real life events, it almost lacks a genre. It almost doesn't have a genre. Like it's if anything, it's it's a comedy, right? There's it, it funny bits in it, but I think. Like you say, Alice, it probably relies a little bit too much on that, you know, social media viral sensation, the room, look at this film and all that sort of stuff. So if you don't know or care about that story, then perhaps you wouldn't watch it. And then at the same time, if you didn't know that, and even if you did know that, there are places where I thought I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about the characters. And I think what I mean by that is, are we laughing at the film because Tommy isn't very good? And if so, is that okay? But he sort of embraces it. So, so is it okay? Because he's, he's pretty much making a living off of it now. So, you know, you can, it's difficult to know, isn't it?
2: You can, in my opinion, you can laugh at and you can critique people, things, films, without being a bellend. end. Yeah. Like, you, could, you don't have to be mean to him. No. Because he's different and he's, you know, he's unwilling to change. He's unwilling to fit into this mould that Hollywood want him to and he wants to make it anyway. So you can identify, I suppose, parts of his personality that, you know, are perhaps funny for some reason. But just don't be a dick about it. No. Oh, you're a sh- shit filmmaker, Tommy. You're a shit writer, <laughs> shit this. Like, that's not cool. But I didn't feel like that that's what the film was doing. No,
1: no, I, I don't think it is. I, su- yeah. I suppose it's I suppose it's, a, it's a wider issue with the, actually the, the whole thing and status around the room itself, isn't it? But like you say, you can laugh at something without being mean-spirited. And I mean, I suppose it comes down to that thing of if he doesn't know. <laughs> like, you can laugh at whatever you want, can't you? In the privacy of your own head and your own home and, and all that sort of thing. What, what do you think, Warren? Was, was there anything that you, you didn't like about it? And what do you think around the whole idea of laughing at the, the project and the result and the and Tommy and all that sort of stuff?
3: Again, only one person knows whether that's acceptable or not, and that's him, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Only he can be the judge of whether he's happy with us all. Because we, we are laughing at him, and he he says in the film, whether he said it in real life, I don't know, that people don't like me. And you sort of think, I wonder... But we don't know. If he's absolutely happy with it, then we should be. Mm. But and we and we'll never know whether he is or not. So uh, and I'm just an a sucker for someone who has a go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that he is he's the ultimate I'm gonna have a go at this. And you know, you could argue he put he failed initially, but he had a go. Well that's and, it, isn't uh, it? That's great. And so but the subject of whether laughing at him is okay,
1: he knows that. And no, that's a really good point. We don't do it. No, no, that's, <laughs> so that's, I don't know. It's a really good point. And ultimately, you know, he's he's the one laughing because he's made he's he's made a lot of money yeah. off the back of it, regardless of how he feels about yeah. it. So, like you say, it's it, you know he he has at least put something out into the world. Yeah. and yeah, you know, well, exactly. But he still look, did you, it. If if you
3: if say what, my, you know, the, the thing I've recently done is very very serious and very if that was if people were laughing at that by the end giggling and and mm. sniggering heartbroken you'd mm. be mm. heartbroken mm-hmm. and it would be really hard to turn that into oh but you know at least they're feeling something mm. yeah <laughs> i think i'll just pack
1: it in <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, was, was, was <laughs> there anything else Warren? was there anything else you didn't like about it i
3: think you, you mentioned earlier not really but you mentioned earlier the script being a bit hammy at times mm. but again there's the argument that is that clever and subversive or or is it a hammy script <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know are, are they being clever to, by giving us a bit of a uh, Uh, hammy dialogue or not i don't know but you're right some of the scenes between the two guys but then one of the guys is tommy wazoo isn't it so of course (laughs) it's going to be ludicrous it's going to be very hard to you know i don't know but generally having watched it again today uh no not really i've sat through it quite happily it whizzed past again and that's always a good sign i never felt like i was you know Again, like I said earlier, checking my phone that never came out.
1: <laughs> so
3: no, I'm I'm a fan. <laughs> Great.
1: What about you, Josh? Was there anything you didn't like? Um, it's sort of what I said there. Really, I think I think the main point is exactly what you said. There definitely is some issues with the script, which you've touched on there. I completely agree there. And there's also the thing like we touched on of it relies pretty much solely on the cult and the reaction and the the prior knowledge of the room, doesn't it? Like you wouldn't you wouldn't seek this out. Unless you were one of those people who just goes to the cinema and goes whatever and picks something and goes and watches it, I can see why if you didn't. It's I suppose it's so specific. It's not broad in any way. It's so specific that you'd have to know to enjoy it. There are films, and I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you're the same as me, you
3: guys. Well, when you watch a film based on real people, mm. the first thing you do when the credits roll is get your phone out, isn't it? And, and, and start read, and for read them. about them, yeah, and you find who they are, what they look like, and. This must have happened so much with this film. People must mm-hmm. have gone straight on YouTube afterwards. It's pretty, to, it's must have, pretty
1: kind to some of the <laughs> cast of the room, like casting Zac Efron as Chris Chris R. I'd be yeah, yeah, made fun. up with that. <laughs> that's the guy who play, play, play Chris R. But no, I understand. When we did the Damned United, Alice, I remember saying to you, I, I picked it. Obviously, I like football, but you can enjoy the Damned United without knowing anything about Brian Clough.
0: Mm-hmm. Whereas, where,
1: whereas this, I think, yep. if you don't know about The Room, maybe someone could sort of convince you to watch it by saying it's a film about a bad film, but because they, the, the way they tackle it, they definitely went all in on The Room rather than all in mm. on the broader concept of it's, it's a bad film. They definitely went, no, it's about Tommy. It's about Tommy mm. and his making of The f- Room. So I can see how you wouldn't get on board with it. Okay then so we'll move on then to talking about the critical reception and then we'll sort of try and conclude if it is underrated if it is underseen or where does it lie where does it lie in the pantheon of of the films we've done so what do you reckon Alice how do you think it did how do you think it did in terms of how widely it was seen how do you think it did in terms of the ratings
2: so, I have seen the ratings right. for this one. I know you I usually like to keep it save, a secret safe me. Well, it's because <laughs> Josh, a short while ago, I considered putting it on my list. Ah, but then so Warren ruined it for saw... everybody. Right. Sorry. No, no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. But then I saw the critical reception and I was like I thought, "Oh, that seems quite appropriately Ooh. rated actually. So perhaps it isn't underrated." So I think if memory serves IMDb it got somewhere in the sevens, mm. yeah. and then Rotten Tomatoes, I think maybe something similar, but I don't quite recall, but I, I know it did okay mm. and better than a lot of the films we've done on the podcast. And in
1: terms of how widely <laughs> it was seen, would you say, you don't have to obviously guess money figures, but you think, it, you know, mm. how did it do box office-wise? All right, make it money back? Was it Probably. a hit?
2: Probably box office-wise, it probably did okay because of who's in it. Yeah. I think that probably carries a lot of weight. Uh, but in terms of it being underseen, I think, as Warren sort of alluded to before, it, it probably isn't that widely seen by people who don't know the room mm. or aren't interested mm. in the room, and are they going to watch this film? Are they going to think to even put it on? But I think maybe when it came out initially, it might have done okay because of the cast.
1: Yeah. Okay, what about you, Warren? I mean, do you know how it did critically and commercially, or...?
3: Well, again, I've been over the same figures Mm. that uh, we could obviously check out the IMDb and looked at some of the critics' reviews. Largely, it it seemed to go down okay, Mm. didn't it? But uh, as you say, 7.3, well, look, filmmaker-wise, you take that all day long. But uh, Mm. uh, I'd say that's about fair, wouldn't you? 7.3 sits about...
1: You know, well, let's have Let's well, let's it. have a look then. So, at the time of recording, it gets, as you say, seven point three on IMDb. Over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it eighty five percent. The critics mm-hmm. give it ninety one percent. Oh, and it averages out at eight. Based on those three scores, it averages out at eighty three percent, eighty three or eight point three. That's high from the so critics. That's pretty high. Oh, is it appropriately rated, or is it even overrated? What do we well,
3: think? I I think, uh, look difficult. I'm a fan. Mm, yeah, Appropriate mm, for yeah.
2: me. <laughs> for, for the the critics, I would say is a ta- attach. a a ta- touch a touch or a tad. That's what I'm it's going to mix words together.
3: It's tad overrated. <laughs> a tad <what> <laughs> overrated
2: with the, into the 90s. There, I would probably. This would probably be like a high seven yeah. for me, maybe even possibly an eight. Mm. Going, going with that audience score, probably more like that.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say. I'd say. I think. I think we can agree it's appropriately rated. But mm. box office wise, it made mm-hmm. just shy worldwide, according to Box Office Mojo. It made just shy of thirty million dollars.
2: Now that oh, that's, you know is, what the budget was.
1: More on that, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. not. All those people. So that's all the, that's all that not a lot. That's not a lot, is it? Like, well, not both if really, you think no. it's James Franco, Seth Rogen, Dave Franco, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty the whole gang. If you think of, if mm-hmm. you think there's Brian some of Brian the... Cranston, for yeah. God's sake, <laughs> if you think of some of the comedies they've made, uh, you know, mm-hmm. particularly Seth Rogen and James Franco, they've they've made some pretty pretty big hitters out there. So for me, I would mm-hmm. say, and see if you guys agree, I would say it's appropriately rated, but I think it is underseen based on box office and budget. What would you say, Warren?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. If that's that's surprisingly uh, small, I thought you were going to say sort of treble that. Yeah, mm. but uh, you know that is a uh, yeah
1: surprisingly undersea. Unless I've read Moxoff's Mojo wrong, but I did, it did say it did, <laughs> it did say worldwide. So I think that is right. So what about you, Alice?
2: Yeah, so in in the same boat, I reckon. Definitely underseen. Okay.
1: So there we go. Another one in the underseen slash appropriately rated vault. We don't get many of them, but uh, I was surprised by those box office numbers. I don't know about you, Alice. I was surprised. That that was quite low.
2: That is that is, that is low. lower than I yeah. was expecting you to say yeah. for sure. Um,
1: so, Warren, thank you very much for coming on. So uh, I believe you've got a film coming out. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about your stuff? Where we, where can we find it? Let let let's hear about the film.
3: Well, my latest film is called Six Years Gone, and it is a drama, sort of gritty kitchen sink. UK drama about uh, a single mum whose little girl goes missing. Mm-hmm. And we then join the story six years later to see how she's dealing with that. It is, uh, it's going down incredibly well. I'm really happy with what's happened so far. It's Great. just out sort of six weeks. Uh, and uh, yeah, so people can catch that on Amazon Prime at the moment. And it's, uh, it's on various places in the States, but that's probably, I don't know how your uh, listenership uh, <laughs> is UK based? No, Magen. no, we, we do. We do uh, have. We do
1: have. We we've had, got a few We have, we, we have quite cousins, a few American yeah.
3: oh, well, cousins. Go, well, yeah. they go, well, they can go. Well, they can go and watch it on Tubi okay. or Prime. Okay. And uh, yes, and it's going okay. So while yeah, the other stuff I've done, I mentioned Cage earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote a screenplay for a film called The Bromley Boys, which I'd, I'd love you to check out. That was uh, set at the same time as the Damn United. Oh, right. oh yes, Damn so maybe United, I remember. Nineteen seventy. So, uh, but. A very different feeling uh, movie. That's a sort of light, bright little comedy mm. with Alan Davis and Martin McCutcheon Oh, great! great. <laughs> oh, fun. So, uh, so that was wrote the screenplay for that. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at, really. So, uh, yeah, I'd love people to go out and see Six Years Gone. Well, we'll, really, because we'll that's make sure kind of...
1: we put all the links and stuff, and we'll we'll, we'll perfect, guys. Thank it you very much. So, yeah, so it's it. on Prime.
3: It is. Okay, yeah. that's great. We'll really? make
1: sure we we send people your way. Social media is there social media accounts for the film specifically, or just yourself?
3: There is uh, six years gone movie on Facebook. Yep. There's six years gone movie on Twitter. There's six years dot website. So it's all over the place. So you can find it and me on <laughs> <in> those places. <laughs> well, there
1: we go. Well, we'll make sure we throw some. You know, we throw some links and thank stuff you out much. when this comes out. And uh, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure.
3: It's been a pleasure. No, thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate. it. It's been brilliant fun.
1: So there we go, another episode in the bag. Thank you very much to Warren for coming on. Uh, when this comes out, we'll definitely put links to his films and all his other stuff. Make sure you go and check it out because I think I think it's it's important that you support you know indie filmmakers, lower budget films, and that sort of thing. Not everything has to be a massive budget. You know, it's I think I think it's important. What about what do you say, Alice?
2: Oh yeah, I mean it's all—it's all about the story, man. UK film support, don't UK need,
1: film as well.
2: <laughs> don't need, don't need that big budget. Don't need these glossy Hollywood nonsense. You know, just give me a good story, and I'm hooked.
1: Ex- absolutely. So, uh, yes, well, thank you very much for listening to this episode. We will be back next week with another underrated, unseen under- film in your ears. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the the email address is filmsinthatpod@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And we're on all the social medias, Alice. It's just films that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, any others at the event will probably make a thing. If you click on the link in our bio, there's a link tree that'll take you to all the things you need. And of course, we are wherever you get your podcasts. If you get a chance, give us a little review or a rating. It's very much appreciated. But of course, thank you for listening. And we're also, guess what, on the television, aren't we, Alice?
2: We're just everywhere, everywhere, Josh. Absolutely everywhere. So yes, we are on the local TV network every Friday from 6pm. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. Or if you have Sky, you can find us on Channel 188. And I believe that's across the
1: UK. It is indeed. Look at it
2: you. Is Who'd have thought, um, eh?
1: Yes, as I said, we'll be back next week with another film. Until then, thank you for listening and cheerio!
0: Bye!